Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast. It's a special edition this week, special in as much as it's still me talking, but I actually have a guest host with me. It's a friend of mine, uh, basically no one else wanted to play this week, and it's my friend Stefan. How you doing, buddy? How's it going? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Ah, magic. Um, So, yeah, obviously listeners to the Spurs News Podcast won't know who you are, so we're going to do a little bit of an introduction in a moment, but... I just want to let people know that uh, both Matt and Dan are both okay. Dan's actually on holiday. He is away in sunnier climes. And Matt has got his pre-op consultation today. And next week on the podcast, uh, everyone has to call him Catherine. That's all I'm going to say on that. And that's where we're going. (laughs) Now, all joking aside, Matt is uh, busy working and... This podcast has kind of been kind of thrown together. Last week, we discussed that we were going to have our first uh, three-way. Yeah, that's actually what I said, uh, which is going to be me, Matt, and Dan all talking on the same podcast. Uh, We kind of got our dates wrong, to be honest with you. And when we say we, I mean that as in I, I got the dates wrong. So that's actually going to be next week. But that, you know, that's next week. That's the future. Right now, it's me and Stefan. And Stefan, I mean, let's just introduce you to the listeners. You are obviously a Tottenham fan. I am indeed, yep, since the age of five. Oh, since the age of five, you poor soul. And how? Why Spurs? So That's the question I ask everyone. Basically, at the age of five, I was handed down a football kit. Yeah. From one of my cousins, and it was the old purple uh, sponsored by Pony Spurs oh, kit. Oh, the, the, the Pony. Oh, yeah. That's, don't you, as a kid, when I when I had that, I had like a great big Tottenham coat mm-hmm. that had Pony and massive on the back of it. Isn't it, it quite bad that as I grew up, I realised about Cockney rhyming slang? It, it's not good for a sponsor, is it? Well, I mean, well, they were they were a kit manufacturer, to be fair, but still, having ponies slapped all over you when you're a London club, yeah. How how did someone let that happen? It's yeah, and I mean, I was just a five year old running around in a yeah, in a football yeah. I was kit. I was younger too, so. But yeah, now I'm now I'm an adult, and I look back and I got pictures of me. I mean, I was uh, I mean I'm older than you, so I was probably about twelve, thirteen at that time. Um, and I had like this great big coat. And it was big purple coat and pony written right across the back. That's... Yeah, I've not still clever. got that kit somewhere as well. It definitely doesn't fit. Wow. Anymore, that's for sure. But I've kept it. I've never thrown it away. Well, no, no, it could be a hand me down. Exactly. I've got quite. A... I don't think I could ever do that to no. anyone. To be fair, oh, it wasn't a what? great kit. Let's be honest. I love the team. I love the club. But that was not a great kit. I wouldn't be. No, I've got we, we, many shirts I can hand down, not that have, one. Have you got a, a shirt, me and you have talked about this ourselves, but yes. we're talking about it now. Have you got a shirt that's kind of like your favourite? I have. Do you, what, what one was that? It's the first shirt I ever got with a name and a number on the back of it. Okay. Number eight, Postiga. <laughs> You're on about a Kappa Slapper shirt? Oh yeah, the skin oh, tight wow. shirt. 
Oh, wow, I remember that one. I remember, like, people having to buy, like, 8XL just to get a shirt that didn't basically act like a second yeah. skin. And you think that was Euro 2004, uh, 2004 that Postiga yeah. scored and knocked us out, and then we sold him very quickly? Well, yeah, he didn't do very well for us, to be fair, but he was... Uh... I got the shirt for my 14th birthday in that summer, wow. and then he knocked us out and we sold him, and I was like, well, this is brilliant. But but it's still your favourite shirt. And it still fits me. Wow, now that's Just. impressive, given the, the whole Kappa thing as well. It does stretch a lot, let's be honest. Although, although when you say that, technically everything fits, just some things are tighter than others. Exactly. Mine, uh, mine possibly against my age, is the shirt has to have holston on it. The, the white start. one with the, the blue collar. Yeah, white yeah. shirt, blue collar, and it was made by Adidas. Oh, I have um, the shirt. Oh, I, I love that shirt, man. That was it. And, and I, re- I realise everybody listening to this has probably got their own and talking about something visual on a podcast really isn't that smart audio. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll move skip on. it. We'll skip this bit. So yeah, I mean, so basically you were indoctrinated into being a Tottenham fan by being handed a kit when you were five. I've said before that I think the only way that we grow as a fan base, or at least used to before we, you know, got better now, used to be basically by breeding and by indoctrination. I mean, yeah, I was 12 years old when I went to my first actual match. Yeah. My granddad's old company had season tickets at Charlton and Spurs. Oh wow! And they nice. took they took clients there, Very so it, nice. it was the um, one of the lounges they had the tickets for. Wow. So, 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 so you had your first game in serious style then? Yeah, it was. An, I I couldn't tell you the name of it, but we had an ex player sat at our table before when we were having drinks before we went into the match, and yeah, it was a pre. It was only a pre season match against Brighton and Hove. Wow! But yeah, we had a player sat on our table and. That was it. I actually went down that... after the match. We went into this little room and we had a couple of drinks and we were next to the entrance onto the pitch. And I walked back out there because I was just like, this is incredible. Wow. Yeah. It looked a lot bigger when you're only 12 <laughs> as well. You're, yeah. Yeah, and, I know what you mean. And all the players were on the pitch doing their warm downs. Yeah. And I got waved at by Jamie Redknapp. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't claim that I'd, I'd just leave that that's fine but that's my yeah that's my little thing that was my first match i went to and i got waved out by jamie redknapp afterwards that, that's kind of an in, surely everything was just downhill after that initial experience for you i mean it's not going to top it is it mr injury no. and yeah no unless you've got the money to <clears throat> watching that kind of style anyway but have you got a favorite game that you've been to and seen live i do okay go on, um I, again only because of circumstance and where it was, uh, okay. Ledley King's testimonial is always oh, going to be number brilliant. one. Yeah. Um, Teddy Sheringham, my favourite player to ever play for Tottenham, scored a hat trick. Ledley King scored a penalty. <laughs> yeah. It was six. It, it was. It was so funny because it was um, Dawson just grabbed hold of him and hugged him yep. and fell to the yep. floor. Yep. Is is that the game where someone took the ref out? Holtby. Lewis Holtby double the side best, tackled. The best thing he ever did in a Tottenham shirt, that. But it was funny because the referee then got up and slide tackled him as well. Yeah, yeah, referee with a sense of humour, rare. It was good fun. And the other game was a Europa League match. Yeah. And a ex-girlfriend of mine, her father was an ex-footballer. Oh, right. And he unfortunately he played for West Ham and Everton, so... 
Shocking. He didn't like me going round there wearing the Spurs shirt. That's for sure. Are, are you are you going to name him? Um, he was Mister Cotty. Mister Tony Cotty. Yes. Wow, you dated Tony Cotty's daughter for a while, and he pulled some <laughs> strings and he got me into the Pat Jennings bit. And I met Pat Jennings and got the handshakes and everything. And he opened the door for me to go out. And yeah, it was great. You are you are name dropping a lot. I, I think I'm I might have it. to edit in a clang sound effect for this. <laughs> you but asked. No, well, I, I did ask. And, and to be honest with you, I'm taken aback. We've known each other for years and I didn't know any of that. I do feel bad now. I'm thinking about it I, as I'm saying again. You should know this. I, I possibly, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel bad. What a crap friend. I've never asked these questions before. The whole time we've known each other. But, uh, yeah, so moving on again. Yep. Moving on before this becomes embarrassing. We do know each other, honest. honestly. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I've not just grabbed someone and thrown them on a podcast. Um, so, yeah, speaking of the podcast. So, going forward, um, yeah, well, a big thank you to you for stepping in today. So, no, I'm not problem. talking to myself because... No Doctors keep telling me when I do that, it's not a good sign, especially when I enjoy it. <laughs> so, it's worrying. Uh, going forward, um, we've got some big news. Uh, it's going to be announced on the Facebook page uh, probably tomorrow, maybe, yeah, yeah, tomorrow being Friday. We're recording today's Thursday, the 13th of September. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be doing some interviews, and the first of our series of interviews for the podcast is going to be with Tottenham legend Mickey Hazard. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Mickey's going to sit down with Matt um, at an undisclosed location, but they're going to sit down in person, um, and Matt's going to put questions to him from our fans. So we're going to put a post on Facebook basically asking anybody, you know, if you've got a question for Mickey or anything you want to hear Mickey talk about, all Tottenham-related, obviously, then, um, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So that's going to be happening, hopefully... It's going to be happening next week, so it'll be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Depending on how long it is, you know, the content, etc., it may be split over a couple of weeks. We'll let everybody know. But that's happening. And something else that I'm working on, and working on is to be speaking to a few members of the Spurs ladies team. Um, I've reached out to a couple. Uh, I have to get permission from the Tottenham ladies club, and I'm going to be speaking to them tomorrow. But I just think it'd be really interesting to get them on the podcast, talking about all things Tottenham ladies, talking about the the progress they've been making. Um, If you go onto our website, uh, www.spursnews.co.uk, you'll find a whole section there for Tottenham ladies. The first post is on there now with just a little bit of history uh, behind the ladies team and how it was formed and how it became Tottenham ladies, because it wasn't formed as Tottenham ladies. So it's worth checking out. That post is there. It's not massively detailed, um, but it just basically breaks things down. And part of, like we said, for this season going forward, we've added the latest team into our coverage for all things Tottenham. So, yeah, looking forward to hopefully chatting to a few of them on the podcast as well. But going forward, we're speaking to more legends of Tottenham. Uh, current players, it's kind of a no um, kind of a hard, fast now. I don't know how famous we'd need to be to get them. But, yeah, uh, as we grow as a podcast, you never know. Um, I, I have reached out to a couple of more people from the sort of academy side as well. Unfortunately, again, for them, it's kind of a, yeah, it has to go via the club. And the club are like, who are you? No, go away. <laughs> so, which is fair enough. <laughs> I don't mind. Um, 
So yeah, Matt, I mean, that, that's kind of where the podcast is going. Um, we're just going to have a general chat today, all things Tottenham, and I think probably the best thing we can do to get some topics for that chat is to just go to our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, so on the Facebook page, we put out a post uh, every time we're going to record, basically just saying to people, hey, um, you know, let's have some topics, let's have some questions, what, you know, what are you after? Yeah. And here we go. The first one is from Marty Ost, uh, O-S-T, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, Marty says, how about we remind South Korean FA... That son is a Spurs player, and he and we pay his wages. Now the Asian Games are over. He needs to focus on Tottenham. I can't believe we allowed him to play in the international friendlies that have just happened. Chile, especially just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surely the guy needs some rest now. Uh, I what do you, what? Well, firstly, Marty's question: What do you think, mate? Yes and no. Okay. Um, yes, he needs to be concentrating on Spurs, but then. In the same situation, Harry Kane's just played at the World Cup and played for Spurs and now gone off and played for England. Yep, he was, Okay, he was rested a bit for the second game. Not um, rested as much as we were promised he would be, but yeah. No, he would still end up on the pitch, didn't he? So that's not... Yeah, a, no. But that was always kind of expected. I think to play for your country needs to be kind of the highest level of brilliance you can get to. Yeah. If, if you're chosen to represent your country, you shouldn't be turning it down be it a, just a friendly against Chile, the Asia Games, the Olympics, whatever. Yep. No, so in that I, sense, I, if he's been called that. up, you've got to play for it. But yes, from a Spurs point of view and a purely selfish point of view, I want all of our players completely fit and raring to go for the whole season. Yeah. Um, I, I actually know, because uh, at the time that it was announced that Sonny signed his new deal, yes. uh, people have probably forgotten, but basically in amongst that announcement was the confirmation that we were releasing him to go and play in the Asian Games. Yep. And part of that statement also said that he would then play the two international friendlies and then come back. But by agreeing to him to do that, the Asia Games, those friendlies, he isn't going to be going on the next South Korean so, in essence, we've kind of, in our minds, grouped together the Asia Games and these friendlies. You know, he's just basically gone on an extended international break. And yep. now now he's back. Like, everybody else is now back. He's back. Now, he's played more games, minutes. He's travelled further than everybody else. His fitness, etc., is going to be assessed today by the sports scientists and the physios. Yep. Whether he's available to come straight back in or whether he needs some time, you know, they'll tell Pock. Um, the kid is ridiculously fit, which is fantastic news for us. Mm. But yeah, in essence, uh, Marty, yeah, I agree with you. It seems crazy that he did the Asia Games, then did these two friendlies. Ideally, I think we'd all would have liked him to have just sat them out and had a rest before coming back. As it is, it would appear that we agreed to that on the basis that later in the season, he won't get called up. So he'll get so, his break then. In essence, I think it's more to do with the fact that we, possibly at that end of the season, we're going to need him more, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. he will get a bit more of a break, but he'll be at the club. He won't be travelling off, uh, which is kind of the main thing. 
So, um, the next question is from Russell Sherwood. Russell, uh, I did ask Russell for clarification on it because initially his first question I didn't quite understand. Now, he says, Pock has been there long enough to sort out our lacklustre performances. So, my initial take to that was, are you saying that we should be sacking Pock? Is, you know, is that where you're going? Mm-hmm. Um, no, he basically just wants us to discuss the, you know, the point of view of... Um, We've not been at our best, and in essence, in some games, like especially knockout cup games, you know, semi-finals, we've reached a few now and not been able to get past. Yeah. It seems that we we still have this kind of mental block sometimes. So, so you know, he's been very complimentary to put, you know, not saying we should fire him. I'm just saying he's been there a long time now. What's you know what's going on? What I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Firstly, your thoughts on the question in general, and then. And then from there, in general, yes, I can agree with him in a sense. As in, we he's been here for a few seasons. The first couple of seasons, it was all about bringing through these kids because he had the vision, which we all thought was incredible. You know, he's yep. built this very young team. They were inexperienced in playing together, really, and he's put them together and made them a fantastic team. Yep. In the first couple of seasons, you could kind of understand the pressure of the knockout football, they weren't used to it, they didn't expect it. This season, I think, is probably our most important season for a long time. Yeah. Because they've been together for long enough now, they've grown mature enough now. We've had guys at the World Cup, we've got the World Cup winning captain, we've got guys that were in the semi-finals and the third place playoffs... They've all now got enough experience that he needs to now make sure that we're not having these performances where you come at the end of the game and you're like, What's what have I just seen? What's happened? Why are we you know, we're beating Man United three nil and looking incredible, we're gonna win the title. Well, oh, we're playing the best we've played and then go to Watford and they scored our, even our goal for us. Did you did you think we looked that incredible against Man United then? In in bits. Some of the moves know... were fantastic. Overall, over the 90 minutes, we looked better than United. But yeah. it wasn't some of the performances we saw last season. I put that down to the World Cup and people kind of hitting that brick wall a little bit. Well, well someone said to me, the Man United game, um, he described it as we did a Chelsea on them. Now, I, I know what he means. Do you remember that uh, semi-final final? We battered Chelsea in every stat... We outplayed them, we created, you know, we just weren't clinical. Yeah. They ended up whacking it like 4-1, 4-2, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, I remember. It just every shot on goal went in. Yeah. And against Man United, I felt that, you know, I, I said at half time, I think we're going to get battered. You know, if we don't do something, we're just like holding them back at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the missed open goal that Lukaku put wide. Yeah. That was yeah, a real, um, you well, started I mean, thinking that... we're going to get lucky today. Yeah, I mean that could have opened the floodgates, you know. So yeah. I um yeah, I I just find it a bit kind of crazy, a bit mad that a lot of people were saying, you know, how great we were playing. I don't think we've played very well at all yet this year, and you definitely can put it down to World Cup fatigue, um and just generally not having the squad together for pre season. We all know how essential that is to what Pock wants to do. Yeah, he loves the pre-season, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, the man lives for it. And, he, and I think he looks at that as 
preseason is where he organizes everything. He gets everybody on the same, you know, same hymn sheet, same, you know, everyone's going in the same direction. Anyone who's not, off they go. And I think he just feels that this year that preseason was taken from him and it's just kind of oh hell, we'll just make the best of it, you know? Which I hope um, doesn't last the whole season, that sort of a... I hope so. I I mean I hope that we are able to, you know, sort things out and, and get into some sort of rhythm. Now, typically, we're not very good starters. No. I mentioned this last week. We are actually on more points than we have been in any of his previous years. Pock's been in charge. Yep. And I'm sure in a pre-match press, press conference, he'll point that out himself. Like, yeah, we're not happy with where we are, but we are still, you know, our previous best after the first four games was eight points. We're on nine. Yeah. So we beat Liverpool. On Saturday, which I'm praying to all of my gods that we do, um, you, then all of a sudden the Watford result can kind of be, you know, those kind of results happen. But we yep. beat Man United away, we beat Liverpool, we are on track, you know, we are aiming to do something. It also halts their winning start, you know, so taking three points off a rival is like a six point game, you know, it, it is a massive game. Oh yeah, so, I, I think Liverpool are one of our probably our closest teams as well. Yeah, in I mean, terms us, of City, are unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, we Man know City, they're going to be up there. I'd like to see a few more teams uh, stick it to Man City this year, and I don't mean yeah. that in the booting them up in the air sense, although it can be funny to see that. <laughs> Wouldn't complain. I, I'm, I mean it more just. Man City are at their absolute fluid. They can just look amazing. But a lot of last season, I saw teams, and Tottenham were as guilty of this as everybody else, and that is just playing into their hands. You know, you, you basically play your style of football or you try and match them up, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, that Man City team would get butchered by the Wimbledon of old, you know, boot that up, oh, so yeah. there's snow on the ball, and just... Because you completely negate the press and they're gone. Last season, the team that really stuck it to him the most was Liverpool. And that was because of the sheer amount of pace they had up front. They just so attacked City, them. Yeah. Well, yeah. And City tried to hold a high line and got ripped apart. And what I don't understand is why teams didn't look at that and just go, there you go. That's our blueprint. Because the minute more teams do it and the minute more teams get the results, then Man City suddenly have to change the way they play. Yep. And the minute you start getting them to adjust and tinker around the confident, you know, teams aren't unbeatable. They're not, you know, you can get to them. Oh, yeah. That Leicester season, for example, when they won the league, by the end of it, and I've said this before, and I know it sounds just like I'm being bitter about it, but genuinely teams were given up. They bought into this fairy tale of Leicester winning the league and they were showing up to play them, like almost happy to be part of, yay, Leicester beat us. So yeah, I know madness. what you mean. Yeah. It was it was bananas. Remember how much the Chelsea fans celebrated getting a draw with us at home? Yeah. I mean, it was insane. You know, they're they're celebrating Leicester winning the league. It, it was a crazy us. season, it really was. Just bizarre. No other team would that have happened for if they were at the top of the table. No other no. team. No, it's just a really, really strange situation that year. And I, I think there's a little element of oh, they're so amazing with Man City. People are kind of giving them that little bit too much respect. Yeah. And I think teams need to go at them more. And if you go at them and you get and you get at them and you get ahead or anything like that, then 
you could see. I mean, Wolves did it to but, an extent. Well, I say they drew. They drew them, didn't they? They did, yeah. And you know, Wolves had their chances in it, but just I'd like to see teams try and turn them, try and get them. You know, knock it over the top, get their defenders turning. Best win in the world, and again, it just sounds better. Carl Walker decision making has always been dodgy. This is true. Pace is fantastic. Decision making dodgy. Just get the guy running backwards all the time, and he will make a mistake. My my thing with Walker always was, even at Tottenham, his pace saved him so many times. Oh, it did. Yeah, the amount of mistakes he'd make, and then he would correct it through his pace. Yeah. And my argument always was, you know, his pace is going to fade at some point. He's going to have to learn how to use his brain. Yeah, I'm not convinced that's ever going to happen. I think he's probably only got a year or so left being at the level he's at, mm. just because it's you know naturally you get older, your pace fades. Yep. Um, I think a lot of discussion over Danny Rose. Uh, Danny seems to be getting that pace back. You know, he played for England the other night, and he seemed to have that confidence again after his injury layoffs in yes. his ability and his pace. Now. He looks a completely different player when he's like that. But last season, we kept seeing he didn't have that confidence. He wasn't sure. He was nervous about, you know, pulling in a full sprint. Yeah. And he looked he looked a championship player, you know. And that's... People can talk about his interview and all this other stuff, whatever. But that's the difference in the levels. Again, he's another player who, with that pace and ability, because he started as a winger, looks phenomenal. But when that pace is taken away you know, isn't the same, just isn't the same 100%, player. So, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with regards to Pock, I don't, I don't know, really. I mean, I, I certainly don't think he needs replacing. Um, I think that's no. mad. But I do think, and I do agree, that there has to be some kind of, and I, and I think he knows it more than any of us fans. You know, in his tenure, we've lost one final and two semi-finals, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, two FA Cup semi-finals on the bounce now, and in his first season, the League Cup final. He knows that he needs to be able to take the team to win those games to move forward. The the thing I'd say is, overall, every season we progress on what we've done before. The one hurdle seems to be that's remaining is that ability to win that big game or to close a game out yeah. so for example first season in the champions league under pock we were awful you know really awful that wasn't a good um, yeah no awful awful the second season when we all saw the group the teams we were like oh what mm-hmm. and we were great you know the team played with a freedom and an attack you could almost feel that they the, the pressure that seemed to be they were all carrying the year before was gone we took Real Madrid apart. That game at Wembley was just something else. It's a fantastic match, yeah. I just, you know, that's the kind of night that lives in your memory. You know, those Champions League nights, that's what's special. And you you go into this season with this kind of confidence, but at the same time, we should have beaten Juventus over those two games. We, we were yeah. the better team, genuinely now. And I think even Juventus fans could look at that objectively and say the same. But they just had this clinical ability and then they just shut the door. We didn't even look like scoring. You know, when Juventus decided that's it, the game's over, bang. And and a few of our players said, you know, we need to learn the darker arts. We need to learn these things. 
the excuse of it being a young squad is diminishing year on year. Oh yeah, they're they're not the the baby class anymore. No, we've got youngsters like, coming through, but not. Yeah, but like you said, this year's kind of important because you look at them now and you're like, you're not you're not young anymore. You're not naive anymore. All those results in the past, you can say, is character building and was experience. If you then go on and win something. Yeah, how much character do you need before they do what Carl Walker did and said, I had a great time here, thank you very much, but I'm going to go win a trophy now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a worry. I mean, that's kind of a separate issue. I mean, that's a that's a worry from a fan's point of view, which is the, fact the players start to believe the narrative from the press, which is Tottenham don't win trophies. Yeah. And if you get into that and you start to buy into that yourself, then... You, it's, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you go in your head going, well, I'm a Tottenham player, we don't win stuff, then, you know... And you, I think we're, that's we're Poch's doomed. biggest challenge, is he has to not let that kick in. I mean, we've now got a World Cup winning goalkeeper and captain, so therefore, that whole we haven't got a winning mentality, well, that's now gone. Well, yeah, but can he actually get to training anymore? Well, yeah, here's a lift. Oh, dear, I... I got a joke about that because I've talked about it seriously in the past, and I I can. I if guess. I lived close and closer, I'd give him a lift myself. But... Don't, don't. I I can. I mean, <laughs> so sorry. I mean, I think we've answered that question. But so just a side one before we carry on ones from the page. I I can't talk about this anymore because it, it genuinely, due to my life experience, just mm-hmm. aggravates me. But what what are your thoughts on the whole drink driving thing for Hugo? I am massively disappointed. Yeah, it does seem ridiculously out of character from from the guy we from what we see, but then we, we don't know what happens behind be. closed doors. No, nope, true. I've read the I've read the kind of reports that came out about about it with the whole he called a taxi, it cancelled on him, so he decided to drive home. Pure stupidity. Yep. Um, to have found sick in the car, a passenger in the car, and him not being able to get himself out of the car by himself and. The legal limit's 35, and he was at 80. Just absolute stupidity. Um, I've been talking about this before. I don't believe the fine is enough. Okay. I, mean, I know they've said, oh, we've fined him £50,000 because of his stature with finance. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that still doesn't really even touch his wage. No, it, it doesn't, but, you know, the law can only go so far. Yeah. I mean, if this was Joe Bloggs off the street who took home a grand a month they wouldn't fine him 50 grand. You know, they try and... The rules or something around these fines are they have to be impactful but not crippling to them. Um, Yeah. I'm with you. It could have been a lot more and not be crippling to him. But, yeah, I I, I know, you know, judges are kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. They fine the guy five million quid and there's an appeal and (laughs) it's overturned in 30 seconds. You know... but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, to me, uh, I would have liked to have seen him get some community service working with people who have been affected by drink driving. Yeah, it, um, it should have been a bit more than just the fine. Okay, the ban from driving. They've got enough money. They'll oh, get someone else yeah. In. What what a blow! Someone's gonna have to drive his Bentley to you know. They just it's frustrating to me. Um, see, I promised I wouldn't do this, so I'm gonna stop. It's it's disappointing. Let's just leave yeah. it there. It is disappointing. However, um, I so, don't believe with the calls for him to be removed as captain. 
purely because why did you have to say that i was ready to move on we'll move on i'm just this is i i kind of i've got a whole thing of the whole compartmentalization work is work outside is outside as long as he's doing the job at work it's that is what it is you you know i'm not going to be able to leave that so yeah following your rationale then if he'd shot someone he should still be tottenham captain if he'd shot someone he'd be in jail well no because works work what he does outside of works, you know, not not shouldn't affect it. He should still be captain. That one's slightly different because it that that would be him in jail. He wouldn't be able to come to work. So what if he fired a gun into a crowd of people, but it didn't actually hit anyone? Yeah, okay, I can see where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, all, look, all, it's all very I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is, yeah, I completely understand because I've read it on the Facebook page loads and I'm going to have to just say this and leave it because it's a subject that, you know, it means a lot to me and oh, I've talked I've... about it before. So I'm not I'm not going to yeah. go over that again. It just, when you are in a position of responsibility and people look up to you as a professional footballer or sportsman, you, you have a certain level of, uh, you know, you, you have to be responsible. And I think yep. that's something that's drilled into professionals everywhere and certainly is at Tottenham, I know it is. When you are the captain of a team, you lead by example. Loris is not the captain that screams in people's faces. He's not the guy, you know, he's not Roy Keane. He's a no. guy who leads by example. I am a professional. I show up to training. I do this, I do this, I do this. For him to remain as captain now means that the management of the club have said that it's perfectly acceptable to go out, get smashed, get pulled over for drink driving and miss a day's training because you're so hungover. So when a player like Sissoko, Nkudu, somebody else, I'm not just picking on the French players, (laughs) but they were just two players that I know a lot of fans would say, oh, he got done for drink driving, I want him sacked out of my club. Yeah. Genuinely now, if this wasn't Lloris and it was one of them, no one would be defending them. No one would be saying, oh, he only let his hair down, you know, it's fine, da 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 No one would do that. They'd just be like, oh, it's awful behaviour, get him out of my club. Yeah, but you're because not wrong. it's him, you know, it, it's being defended, and it's indefensible. It's just awful. And now he remains his captain. So what happens in the club now? Mm. Another player does something similar. Did the club just again say, okay, carry on. And then another player does it. Then another player does it. Well, if the captain got away with it, and he's still our captain, and he sets the example, he sets the bar for us all. It's not an example you want to be set. No, you are right. No. You are 100% so, right. I, I just, all I said is, you know, I, I'm not saying sell the bloke. We all, we're human. Humans make mistakes. Regardless of how horrific I feel the mistake is, I do get it. I don't think, I think in a rational frame of mind, he wouldn't make this mistake again. And I hope he's learnt from it and never will. And I hope perhaps by it being so public, other people won't make that mistake. But what worries me is the feeling of it just being brushed past. Like this court yeah. case is done now. And we're all, he's going to be captain, it's all going to carry on. And what example does that set to young young guys? You know, think of our academy players, 17, 18 years old, all this money, buying their first sports car. Yep, they're just well, starting to drive. Well, yeah. the cap, you know, the captain of the first team gets smashed and drives home. Nothing happens to him. You know, a, a 50 grand fine in the nicest possible way it's to nothing. me is crippling. Yep. To him, they said it's a third of his weekly wage. Which is just insane. So taking 50 grand from an already millionaire 
who will re-earn that within a couple of days of paying it. Yep. It's nothing. It is just nothing. It is the equivalent to me or you or someone else in the street being fined 50 pence. Yeah. You'd, I you think know. it does need to be kind of, yeah, on that sense, 100%, it should have been a lot more. There should have been, like you uh, said, community I, service. There should have been more to it to actually it, make him it, be punished, not just and make, Well, not just the punishment, but make an example out of it. You know, let people yeah. look at it and go, yeah, that was bad. He's learning from it. Let other people learn from it as well. The, the feeling of it just being brushed aside, uh, it just makes it feel like everyone's condoning it. And yeah. to be fair, every time there's a post about it on our Facebook page, a lot of the posts on there, replies, are people who are absolutely fine with it. And I've engaged a couple of times because I've been so shocked. But I, I can't anymore because I find myself saying stuff. So I have to move on. But hopefully, hopefully I've made my point of why I think he shouldn't still be captain. Yep. I definitely think he should still be at the club. I, yeah. I don't think we should sell him. Everyone makes mistakes. But as a captain of a first team for a Premier League football team, a Champions League football team, I, I just think you've got to set an example. And as a club, I think you should. everybody should see, oh, he lost the captaincy because of this. You know, it's not condoned. It's not you know, yeah, financial penalties to millionaires means nothing. Yep. You know, he was. You know, he played the next game. So anyway, we we shall we shall move on from that. What was the next comment? Yeah. The the next comment was from Michael Nichols. Michael Nichols says, "Drop Delhi Alley?" Question mark. Um. Oh. I'm, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Go on. You go first because I just waffled a lot. Delhi Alley is one of my biggest bugbears. It really is. Um, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant. I love his attitude sometimes. He frustrates me a lot in the sense of, you know, this guy, he really could be like our next Gascoigne or he could really be the next thing that uh, we can build an entire team around. Yeah. But he still disappears. Do you feel he disappears in big games or little or like every game? That's the problem. It's not a case of we play against Arsenal, he doesn't turn up, or we play against the City, he doesn't turn up, because it can be a playing against a, a, a Bournemouth, and he'll just yep. disappear. He, he just seems so hot and cold. Yeah, and it really frustrates. And then we obviously we had the whole the diving incident. Was it last season, season four? He started falling over very easily. He seems to have and wiped that from his game. That is, seems to be good. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be doing that anymore, but. There's just he's got such a potential in him, you know the runs he makes into the box and some of the goals he scores and we all of course know that Crystal Palace goal which was just top draw out of nowhere incredible. Yeah, no, I know. But then he'll just do nothing for like two or three games and you'll think to yourself, is he even on the pitch? Yeah, I mean when it comes to Deli Ali, I can completely understand why people get frustrated. They they seem to see him drifting and out of games. And also I think a lot of people saw his goal scoring in the initial years and kind of felt that that was going to continue forever. Um and when yeah. he doesn't score, he seems to be judged on the basis of he didn't have a very good game. I no, I mean, I could be completely wrong, and it's all very subjective opinions on footballers, obviously, but I felt last season he wasn't very good. Over the whole season, he didn't look the same player, and I wasn't yep. sure if that was he was trying to adjust his game because teams had figured him out a bit. I actually feel at the start of this season, he's looked better. He's been making runs, you know, that old Toby Alderweireld 
arced ball and Delhi running in behind. I've seen that Some already. of my favourite parts of those seasons were that ball over. Well, the one touch and over the goal. Oh, it's beautiful. But yeah, that's is. what I want to see more of. And, and, and I've seen that this season. I, we hardly saw that last year. Now, the argument could be, of course, Toby wasn't playing. But, you know, Jan's more than capable. Sanchez has proven he is dire. Can hit yeah. those passes as well. So, it just seemed to be that Delhi wasn't making the runs. And it was picked up a few times by different pundits as well. So, yeah. for me, so far this season, he's actually been playing a lot better. Um Against Watford, I thought he was quite good. Uh, you know, he was one of the better players for us. Mm-hmm. So, I, I know uh, talking about players, it is massively subjective. You know, I can oh, yeah. I can sit down with two people whose opinion I value a lot. We could watch the exact same game and have completely different you know opinions on a player's performance. So that's part of the fun of football. Part of why we all enjoy yeah. talking about it. But. But for me, dropping him, I don't think so. I, I, think, I think we're not going to have a choice. What with the muscle injury you picked up in England, I think well, he may sit this out point. anyway. That's a valid point. I mean, if he's fit, I think he'd, we'd play him against Liverpool because he's the type of player who, one, will annoy them, and yep. two, will get you a goal. You know, he scores in big games. You know, he scored oh, yeah. for England at the World Cup when it really mattered. And the other thing, I, it's just worth reminding people, he is 22. Yeah. You know, he's been with us for a number of years now, but he is still 22. So he is still learning the game and he is still improving. And I I, I mean, I, I still think that he's a big player for us and can be a big player for us going forward. So my, my thing with him is I think if we <clears throat> if we look at the Kane, the Ericsson, the Alley. Yeah. If anyone, if we call those like our, our main three sort of attacking players, which they are. Yeah. If I was asked if any one of those three players would I expect to be the one that his Real Madrid, Barcelona are interested in them, which one would leave? I'd yeah. always say Ali. If you had to pick one of those three, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I would expect Dele Ali would be the one that goes, yeah, see that, but I'm off. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Ericsson as well, but... Uh, I, I I don't know. You you can never tell with stuff like that. No. But he, you know, there there's some players we've had for for years who you think's completely committed to the cause and then they up sticks. And then you've got some players who you think are total mercenaries. And I'll be honest with you, Ericsson was a player I thought was a total mercenary. I remember when we signed him, someone did an interview with him, and he even said in the interview. Uh, you know, he has a good career path and it doesn't necessarily end at Tottenham. And I remember thinking, great, welcome to the club. Yeah, Stepping um, Stone Club, great, yeah. In in essence, yeah. But I mean, I think the new manager in Poc, the way we've transformed, he, he seems very happy now. But of course, who knows? Who knows with yeah. footballers? Uh, but for me, uh, Deli Alley being dropped, no, if he's fit, I'd play him. I think he's always got something in him where he, where he can win you a game. But I completely yep. understand the thinking on that. Um, Laura Smith says she hopes we talk about Tottenham ladies. Well, well, we have. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, the one thing I didn't mention is Tottenham ladies got their FA Women's Championship campaign up and running this weekend with a 2-1 win over London Bees. Um, it were 1-0 down and they came back to win 2-1, which was fantastic. Nicely done. Uh, it is. I mean, that's the second tier of women's football. There's the Women's Super League, and then yep. there's the FA Women's Championship. Below. So Tottenham are in that. Um, yeah, done done really well to get the league campaign up and going. First season, um, I, yeah, 
it's good. It's a great start. And, uh, you know, it's a decent level of football as well. We're going to be talking a lot more about them and promoting them. If you get a chance to go and see them, please do. Mm. Um, you know, I think that, you know, you don't get massive attention. It's really good to take the kids, basically. You know, it's a real nice atmosphere. So, so definitely worth doing. Uh, so there you go, Laura. We talked about Tottenham ladies, as promised. <laughs> um, we then have a question from... Give me two seconds, because this one's hot off the presses. Oh. Yeah, it's always frightening when you get a brand new one. And I always get really nervous with this section, mate, because I, I massacre people's names, as, as you well know. I've, being, I've, I've heard it, I've heard being it. Being from Bristol. Um, uh, it's a guy called David Hunt, who I have to say so carefully... David says, uh, Kane's shot distribution has all been from inside the six-yard box this season. A big thank you to Matt Stats for that. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to miss Matt Stats this week, I can tell you. And I um, feel bad. You, you should. You, you nobbled him so you could talk on this. It's awful. Um, is this a real <laughs> problem, considering we've taken nine points from 12? If so, what's the cause? Um, yeah, I mean, basically a lot of people have talked about this this week. I've seen it being a real pundit-heavy discussion topic, which is Kane's level of shots have completely dropped. Um, you know, the first four games last year, it's, funnily enough, he, he's scored in August now, but has hit like a fraction of the amount of shots that he hit last August. Um, he generally is doing more inside the box, and, you know, he's laying stuff off more outside. He's picking the ball up deeper. Yep. I, I think that's a style change in a sense of he realised last season that defences were working him out and yeah. I like to think I may be completely wrong but I like to think he's working with Lorente who is a hold up a good yeah. hold up forward and yeah. that they are working together and he is trying to add a couple more strings to his bow and go actually look if yeah, I can become a bit more of a hold up player the team scores more goals. It's not so much reliant on me being the goal scorer. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, too much. I think Harry will always want to try and develop and improve his game. I think that goes yeah. without saying. I, I look at it the way we've started this season, and it feels a lot like the way we're asking him to play the same way England asked him to play at the World Cup, which is doing more, coming deeper, running more. And not necessarily being that out and out striker that when the ball gets up to him, all he's thinking is goal. You know, yeah. where is it? And drilling shots from left, right and centre. Now, for England, he had Sterling adding the pace and he was dropping off and then Sterling was trying to... The whole objective of that was Sterling to run beyond him. And if Sterling could finish in an England shirt, England could have yeah. possibly won that World Cup. But unfortunately, <laughs> in an England shirt, he just couldn't get it done. He came yep. straight back, scored in Man City's first game. Irony for you. I couldn't believe um, that, yeah. But for us, Lucas Moura has filled that in. He's got the pace to burn. He's been running off Kane. He scored three and three. Um, so it's kind of taking the reliance off Kane, bringing other people into it. But a lot of it down to, Pot said before the start of the season, because of the lack of preseason, he was going to have to really mix and match and change the yeah. team selection, etc. And I think perhaps we're just not seeing us settle into a rhythm yet because those first four games were so, okay, who's fit today? You know, okay, this is how we're going to play. This is the formation we're going to play because, you know, I've got one defender fit or I've got two midfielders fit. It's and like the old Sunday league football stuff. The manager turns up yeah, and goes, right, how up? many strikers yeah. have I got today? Oh, four. Great. Yeah, okay. Great. Uh, okay. Well, you two are now wingers because you're quicker than the other two. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and and it kind of feels a little bit like that. And maybe against Liverpool, we'll see if that's evening out. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you're absolutely right, though. Harry is now one of the top strikers in world football. Yep. So people are just going to focus on him. You know, he gets if you ever see him get the ball, there's a man on him, possibly even two. And just teams are going to try and mark him out of the game. So he does need to adjust his game. To be able to, you know, to be able to do more, yeah. I will. We'll see it more as the season pans out. But right now, it is something a lot of people have really focused on. It's not something that concerns me really. I, I think that perhaps he hasn't looked as sharp since coming back from that injury last year. But at the same time, he's also now playing a very different role. So let's see as you know. This I next still expect him to score out. a hatful of goals. I do as well. I mean, 20-plus in the Premier League is kind of where he needs to be yep. you know, for, for continuing. And I, th- I think he'll do that. And I think he'll do that whilst creating more for the team this season. So so we'll see. Um, but thank you very much for that question. So the, the last one to come from our Facebook page is from Craig Weaver. And i got to be honest with you, mate, I caught this question earlier on, and I'm delighted you are talking to me on this podcast because I know you're a gamer. Now, Craig's talking about the game FIFA. He says, FIFA ratings for the Spurs players are an interesting topic. Should King yep. be 90+. plus, Mate, I've had a game on FIFA once or twice. I don't know what the heck that means. I'm, I'm a proper old git when it comes to <laughs> games. So I'm going to hand this to you. Should Kane be 90 plus? Whatever the hell that means. Okay, so basically on FIFA, every player is ranked. Yep. Um, on their ability, it normally puts together like certain stats, and they come up with an overall kind of Number. this is how good our player is. So, and I'm guessing it's out of a hundred. It is out of a hundred. Okay. So we are going to take a little player that we are both very fond of, Skip. Oh, yeah. Skip yeah. has been brought into FIFA this year. Way He's got a picture of him on there. He's got a card. Now, I'll kind of show you how it works because I've got his card up now. So, um, physical, he's level. He's at 63 out of 100. Right. Uh, the defence is 57, which is concerning. He's a defensive midfielder, but there we go. <laughs> Dribbling, yeah. 56. Pace, 65. Shooting, 42. Passing, right. 56. Got it. Okay, that's so they basically just him, give ratings across, yeah. Yeah, and that's given him an overall ranking this year of 61. Got it, okay. Throughout the season, they do normally increase them. Um, yeah. To make you laugh, he's 61. Jansen, he may not yeah. have a picture on the website or a squad number, but he's got his yeah. own FIFA card. Yeah. Um, he's uh, overall level 76. Yeah. Um, Harry Winks is 75. Yeah. And our favourite Rebel, Edwards, is 66. Bless him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Harry Kane. Yeah. I I know what his ranking is now. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and you tell me if you think it kind of works. Now, players, I've got the ratings here. Players who they think are better than Harry Kane. Okay. Now, obviously, they are different positions as well. But Diego Godin of Atletico Madrid, defender. I I, I really like him. To be honest, but okay, yeah. All right. They've only yeah. given him one stat. He's a ninety. Harry Kane is ranked at eighty-nine. Right. Okay. Bearing in mind, Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. Is a ninety. 
Well, that seems bananas. Um, Sergio Ramos, who personally yeah. I can't stand, but he's 91. I love him for really? several reasons. For, I yeah. imagine there's one injury in particular you probably like him for, but... Oh, I just think, <laughs> he's head, I just think he's head and shoulder above a lot of other defenders. <laughs> um, Luis Suarez. Yeah. 91. I mean, do they have like a reputation kind of thing? Because I wouldn't have said in the last season, for example, Kane would be behind Lewandowski and Suarez. No. But those two have been doing it consistently for longer. longer, I mean, obviously the top people on the game are Messi and Ronaldo, both at 94. Yeah. yeah, So So, so no one's 100 then? No one ever gets 100. Um, you'll get throughout the season they increase and normally Ronaldo and Messi will get like a what they call an in-form card which means he's been in like team of the week or whatever Yeah. and it'll give them a 99 card nah, which right, if you ever play okay. FIFA against someone one of those just rage quit straight away rage <laughs> um, so that means that Messi and Ronaldo are five above him uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, Mo Salah is 88 <laughs> Mo Salah yeah He's okay. only 88, so he's worse. That's fine. So, so Mo Salah isn't as good as Harry Kane? No. Nope. That's that's from FIFA? That's like official? That is official from FIFA. Yeah. Um, he does yeah. hold some quite good company, Kane. Uh, yeah. Griezmann, 89. Decent player, yeah. Aguero, 89. Very good player, yeah. Uh, David Silva, 89. Wow, yeah. Isco, 89. Who, sorry? Isco from oh, Madrid. Oh, the Isco Disco, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's got some good company in there. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. However, then, yes, then I would have put him fair. higher. I would have put him at a 90, personally. I mean, they've given him... I'll actually tell you his stats on here. One second. So, pace, mm. 70. Mm. Harsh, but fair. I think he's a little faster, considering Deli Ali is 75 and Dembele is 72. Well, that's joke, then, surely. Dembele think... is now too faster than Harry Kane, apparently. Harry, you need to be dealing with this. You need to be having a word with the FIFA people. Okay, carry on. Um, he's shooting ninety. Yeah, that's fairly fair. Passing seventy nine. Yeah, I'd have gone higher. I think he's very good distribution one. I think so. Ericsson, I think is our highest at eighty nine for passing. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Dembele seventy seven, Ali seventy eight. It's like another world, this. I've got to be honest with you. This is all... You've got no idea. I'm now. hoping the listeners are understanding this. It's okay. I, I hope so, too. But anyone who's like feeling very old listening to this, I'm with you. Um, his, his dribbling is 81. Yeah. Um, Ali, 82. Dembele, 87. Um, Son and Lucas are both 85 on that. Which is weird. Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah, wider. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they do beat people a lot more. I mean, Kane yeah. seems to kind of burst past them, kind of muscle his way rather than skillfully beat people. I'm um, glad you said the muscle part. Oh, okay. So, physicality. Yeah. Would you say it would be higher or lower than Dembele? Oh, well, that's difficult. I'd have put them very similar, actually. They are very similar, but Kane is 83, Dembele's 82. Now, when I think of Dembele, I think of this absolute tank of a man yeah. that no one can get the ball off of. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, but at the same time, I, I think of Kane very similar to that. When you watch him, he is very, 
very similar, but I yeah, I he's think got a higher he, physical than Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Sanchez. I agree with that. Yep, yep. So he's he's, he's a bit of a rock. Yeah, beast beast mode. Um, so to answer the question then from the page, do you you think he should have been higher? You think he should have made the ninety? I think he should have been a ninety at least, and then of course he's going to have the informed cards, which will put him higher. But yeah, I do yeah. think he should have been slightly higher on that one. Okay. Uh, well, mate, I am going to completely take your word for it because I, I don't get it. I, I mean, my, my little one, um, she's 10 now. She likes playing FIFA and I play her. So, um, And you let her win, it, really. of course. No, never. What, what sort of lesson does that teach you? <laughs> Good. Well done. <laughs> that was the correct answer I like to hear. <laughs> never. Yeah, the day she beats me, the game goes in a bin. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's all the questions from everything. That's everything we were going to talk about this week. How did you find being on the Spurs News podcast? Oh, good fun. Good fun. Enjoyable. I'm glad. glad. Well, maybe you can come back again. It depends what the listeners think. If if this show tanks and no one liked it... I take full blame because Matt's not here. 100% I'm blaming you. That's fine. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're on board. Also, thanks for all the revealing stuff at the start. I can guarantee most of the people listening are thinking, what a jammy name-dropping git. Um, the fact that we now know you've done <laughs> unspeakable things to Tony Cotty's daughter kind of makes us all laugh, though. So thanks for sharing that. That's fine. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you I can didn't... say to that without getting myself in trouble, just in case someone listens that knows who nope. she is. <laughs> well, yeah, Miss Cotty. But yeah, yeah um, so man, a big thank you for stepping in. I really appreciate it because like mm-hmm. I said, I was have been chatting to myself. Thank you for uh, having me. Massive thank you again to everybody who's listening every week. Like I said, next week, it, the plan is from myself, Matt and Dan that will be talking at the same time. We're going to dig out some various topics. Matt's stats will return and Dan the man will also be talking to us uh, if he's still the man. And maybe, maybe I'll finally one week get Laura to speak on here. I doubt it. But I will try. I will definitely try. Hopefully, we'll also get the interview recorded with Mickey Hazard next week. So the following week, we'll start having that. But we'll talk about that next week. A big thank you to you. Big thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I will speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.